Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. So welcome everybody. This week we have Paula Talesian and Lee Shenton of Paula and LeeandPaula.com. Now, Lee and Paula are business and mindset mentors for creative professionals. So a little bit different this week. So we're really looking forward to having conversations with Lee and Paula about leadership and hearing about what they've achieved and the business that they run. So welcome to you both. Would you like to do a quick introduction? Paula, would you like to... Oh, (laughs) Lee, would you like to go first then? Go ahead, Lee. Hi, really lovely to be here, guys. I'm Lee Shenton. And I'm Paula Talesian. <laughs> and together we are business and mindset mentors for creative professionals who want to create sexy AF businesses so they can sell lots of their beautiful art. Okay, great. Let's kick off then. Thank you very much for joining us. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you both on the, on the podcast, Lee and Paula. Thanks for, for joining. Um, so I guess just to like start things off, I'm, I'd be sort of interested to hear um sort of between the two of you or separately what what would you say is like your best kind of experience of of great leadership and and so what what did that look like well for 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 me it's got to be working with Paula um you know when when we first set out to to do this business I don't think either of us were in a place where we could have done it on our own I think we had aspirations and we kind of thought well yeah we could but the dynamic between the two of us when we come together is just something really, really special. I think we bring this amazing balance. I'm a bit like airy fairy and, 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 and the dreamer, and Paula is the, is, the, is the brain behind stuff. I think about myself as maybe being the heart behind the business, and Paula is really, really the brain behind the business. I mean, this lady is super clever. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that one up. <laughs> Do you think this is a powerful combination that all businesses should have? I think so. Yeah, I think um, because I've run businesses on my own, um, it's very easy to just be one sided in things. So Lee is definitely um, has aspects I don't have. Um, so so she brings a de- definitely different perspective to the business. So I think that that when you partner with somebody in a business, it's really valuable because you do end up with something bigger and better than what you could have made on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And what is it about that combination between you that has enabled you to be more successful um, in business together or in business? I think initially the trust factor between Paula and I is huge. I mean, we have this transatlantic business. Paula's in Canada. I'm in the UK. So there's, you know, there's a huge amount of trust that needs to go on between the two of us. We've only ever met once in person, you know, in physic, physical space. We've run our whole business online, um, having, you know, Zoom calls like this. And even before we decided to start this business, we had met online. And we've only ever met once in person at a joint exhibition that we had in Spain. So I think the element of trust that we've got between us 
brings a huge, huge um, dynamic and, 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 and a huge element to our business. Would you agree, Paula? Definitely. Absolutely. For sure. Communication, trust, um, being open to other ideas, at least certainly brings a different, different, different perspective to the table for me. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. And that translates to the work we do for our students as well, because ultimately it's not just about us. It's about serving the community of artists and leading them and inspiring them to think bigger, greater and farther than they have. That must bring some, uh, I mean, it's really interesting to hear, but that must bring some challenges about itself, you know, having only met, having only met each other once um, so far. And I think obviously, you know, that's probably something that's like more and more common now with obviously remote working and the pande pandemic and everything. So has that brought about challenges in itself, having only met each other once physically in person? Um, I don't, I don't like think that. so. The time zone is the challenge, actually, because yeah. I'm five hours behind. So when I get up in the morning, and I'll be frank, I'm not a morning person at all. My my energy starts sort of peaking at 1 p.m. and goes to about 2 a.m. So when I get up and I have to be running and mentally cognizant <laughs> and ready to go first thing, because Lee is halfway through the day, that's that's the bigger challenge. Online, I mean, meeting face-to-face -face or through a screen, it's the same thing. The difference is that I can't, you know, hug Lee or slap her or whatever depending <laughs> on the day. Um, so it's it's the time zone that's the biggest one for, for the both of us. And Lee's been great about working late and I've been doing my very best to be ready in the morning. <laughs> sure. So yeah. I guess uh, like the question I'd be interested in, obviously, you know, running your own business is perhaps, you know, something that's a bit more daunting than maybe working for someone else. It requires a bit more like independence, a bit more leadership on your kind of on your own part and kind of getting your own thing up and going. So where where would you sort of say you took that inspiration from to sort of take that upon yourselves and, and kind of do your own thing? Um, I think, well, both of us have been self-employed probably for the vast majority of our adult lives. I mean, I've had I've had a couple of short jobs like, you know, try to dip my toe into the corporate world or try to dip my toe into actually being employed. But I've basically been self-employed since I was 17, apart from maybe 2% of my life. So for me, this is just normal. I don't know any difference. Um, but Paula has a wealth of experience, obviously from corporate background and and also working with a lot of corporate, indus corporate industry, whereas mine was always kind of creative, based around you know just me doing my own thing as it were so I'm not really I wasn't really that used to working with other people so working with Paula has has brought this incredible um you know wealth of experience for me personally because you obviously bring that from the kind of industry that you came from Paula mm -hmm, absolutely yeah so I I left my last job in 2000 in February when uh, I was expecting my first child and I just sort of went um I can't put this baby in daycare and go back to work it would just seemed impossible but I never wanted to be self-employed um but you know what when you when you start being your own boss it becomes really difficult to work for somebody else again to answer to somebody else's schedule to ask permission to take vacation things like that um so I just ended up being something that uh, I was good at and I enjoyed and so yes even in my previous business where I ran a tech company um I was dealing with corporations and and um big names and things like that and yeah, it's, it just, it was a leap that, that paid off beautifully, but it was a, a huge leap. It was, you know, be self-employed or put your baby in an infant in daycare, not a hard choice. No. And you made, you made that and it's worked out very well from you. So could you give us a bit of a, um, an idea of the scale of your business so that our listeners kind of get a sense of 
a little bit about what you do and the scale of it and yeah maybe address that first I've got another question buzzing in my head but maybe go for that one first yeah well we we started this business in loosely in October 2018 am I right Paul I've got the dates right Mm -hmm. um but we were we were talking about it then 2019 early February Paula had an accident I mean we'd been literally just talking about it Paula had an accident dislocated her elbow and she literally could not do anything and I just said let's go live let's just start this business and without any real idea I mean we had a loop we had a vision of what we wanted I mean it's our mandate to put to death the myth of the starving artist you know if if if, if we could have um every single every single child in the world running to their parents saying mommy daddy I want to be an artist and the parents cheering them on saying yeah 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 be an artist if we could somehow create that sort of um, vibe within the world, I think we would have done a really good job and both of us would be really, really happy. Um, but we didn't, we didn't have like a, a, a massive plan. We just thought, let's do this. So we literally just jumped into the idea of doing this, showed up on Facebook literally every single day. We went live teaching the stuff that we have learned through our own personal experience because we're both professional artists in our own right. Um, and that's how we, you know, we made our we made our money, day to day money, selling our art online. And we thought other artists need to be doing what we're doing. Somebody needs to show them how to do it. And so the easy answer is to say, who is that somebody going to be? It's going to be us. You know, we, we need to pick up the mantle and actually decide to do that. I'll let you take over from here. Paula. Yeah. Well, since that point, we we ran challenges, free challenges. We run training programs. We run masterminds and things like that. And easily, easily helped um, around 10,000 artists um, over the three years because they would jump into our short programs or our free challenges, free five-day challenges. And some of them, that's all they needed was that little kick up the bum. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, yeah, we need money to live, but if somebody just needs five days with us for free and they kick off their career, great, awesome, run yeah. with it. Um, so we've had a lot, a lot of successes and we have people who stick around. We have about 50 artists who have stuck around with us over the years, um, jumping into programs and really leveling up their careers to the point where they're selling daily. So it's, it's the business is growing and uh, it's doing really well, but it's global too. Australia, New Zealand, the US, Canada, um, the UK and Europe have all... Uh, um, jumped in and joined us. I think even uh, somebody in Thailand joined us as well. So yeah, we've got someone from Bali now. Bali, as well. yes, I know it's it's hard to I keep know. track now. So uh, yeah, we are definitely a global business. And again, the hardest thing are time zones. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to do lives when everybody is awake is not always possible. So, <laughs> but but we juggle around that. You know, I mean, our, our, our real focus is obviously you know the, our clients who are paying us to learn everything that we know. I mean, we, we put them front and center, you know, they are the most important people in our world and we will do anything and everything that we can possibly do, do to make sure that um, we bring out the best in them. And I think there's something that Paula and, Paula and I are both exceptional at is helping people to truly understand their own self-worth, their own power. You know, for us, it's about empowering artists to truly own their space in, in, in a very, very busy and a very, very crowded online world. Um, you know, because obviously, I mean, they love being artists. They're doing what they absolutely love doing. You can see the joy in their faces when they're doing it. But obviously, they want to be selling their art, you know. But, but they want to, a lot of them have left their, we've had, you know, artists leaving their day jobs. 
um, you know, going full time into creating and selling their work. And that, I mean, that, that, that for me is just amazing, you know, to, to, to know that we've been a catalyst in bringing that about, whether it's for one artist, 10, 100 or 1,000, or, you know, who knows, maybe a million eventually. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? It would be amazing. It'd be in a fantastic achievement. And what does leadership mean to you both? It's, it's to inspire, but to inspire in a positive way. So it's not to enable, it's not to order people around, but it's to demonstrate through action and uh, inspired action, um, a path for somebody else to follow. Not everybody can be a leader. A lot of people don't want to be or not wired to be, um, but it's certainly uh, a means of, of giving people a direction to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to, for me, it's about leading with joy. You know, I mean, that's why, I mean, I didn't actually give myself, my, myself the title. This is one of our students gave me the title, the queen of joy. And that's, I, thought, I really like that. I'll run with that. Um, because I know that when you, when you're in that place of feeling joyful and being happy, anything is possible. You can overcome mountains. You can do all sorts of things when you're really focusing on your own personal joy um, and I mean, that's something that I've done in my own life. And as a result of doing that, me personally, my own personal experience has been phenomenal. Um, and I'm thinking, well, everybody should be tapping into that, the incredible power of leading with joy in their own lives. So that's something that we, we very, very, you know, we're very, very big on. Um, I know a lot of people get a bit annoyed with me because they say it's not possible to be that happy all of the time. And I'm saying, well, I know that it is. And um, when, you, when, you, when you can find the joy, even in the darkest moments, and I'm not talking about satire here, I'm talking about, you know, when things aren't going that well, and you can still find something to be joyful about and look for that element in your own personal experience, it carries you through the dark moments. Um, and, you know, we, we've had so many of our students who've really grabbed onto this idea and have just, I mean, their lives are changing, you know. Never mind selling you know, the odd painting. We've got several artists who, as they are showing the behind the scenes work of what they are doing, they're selling those paintings before they've even been completed. The audience loves them so much, you know, and it's because they're showing up as their own personal, inimitable selves in whatever way, you know, they feel comfortable and happy with. But every single one of those artists, Paula, I just thought about it now. Think of all of the ones. They are all have this element of, of their own personal joy as being the forefront of what they're doing. Hmm. This is true. <laughs> it's that authenticity, isn't it, which comes up so many times when we chat to leaders. It's being who you are, being comfortable with who you are and not being concerned about what other people might think about who you are. But to get to that place needs a level of confidence and self-belief. And is that part of your work? Is that part of your work in helping others to have that self-belief and confidence so they can yeah. be leading in what they do? Yeah, actually, um, we do. We actually encourage people to see who they are um, in a way that's different. We're not their friends. We're not their family. We're not tied up financially in their success. And so we shine a mirror back at them and, and really show them how they appear and pull out their strengths. And um, it's not just us 
showing them to, we, we make them dig. A lot of our programs start with mindset. Mindset is the foundation of any business. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how on earth is somebody else going to believe in you and pay for your work? Um, whether you're a writer or artist or, or anybody else, if you sort of walk in, my favorite analogy, brain surgeon, and you're offering to do lobotomies and you're like, well, I'm kind of okay at lobotomies and you'll probably keep the useful parts of your brain, but you know, I'm not entirely sure. How confident are you going to be getting that lobotomy <laughs> if the guy, if the, if the surgeon himself is not confident, right? So we get our students to, uh, to really examine what their strengths are and really enjoy them um, and embrace them. And not in a way that's arrogant. You know, they can still walk through a door without being stuck with a giant head. Um, they, can, they, they just have this confidence of knowing that they are skilled. They're skilled professionals, that their work makes a difference, that their presence makes a difference. And that, in fact, when they hide, they're stealing from humanity's collective culture. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Strong sentence to end it on there. <laughs> nice. um, there's something I wanted to come back to, Paula. You meant, uh, sorry, Lee, you mentioned about um, kind of the vision of removing, not having the the artist that's like starving for money and I guess can become profitable. And I, I think from the vision you shared there, like I, I really understood what you guys do. Um, and I'm curious to hear about maybe some of the challenges that you face kind of running your business and how important like having that like high level vision has been for like kind of pushing through those tough times and keeping things going. So I guess my question is, do you have any sort of like stories of any sort of particularly like challenging times you've had with your business or, you know, maybe kind of in leadership as a whole and sort of how important having like a vision has been to kind of keep keep pushing through? Yeah, I, I think probably on, on a personal level, I think sometimes that well, the hardest thing that has been for me is where you can see people's potential um, and they don't see it. When they don't see their own potential and you can see it and you try and explain it to them and you're explaining it and they catch glimpses of it. And then they kind of like, they might, they might step out and be really kind of quite bold and confident for a little while. And then they shrink back and it's almost like they have this little dance with their own confidence. I find that kind of quite difficult and frustrating, even frustrating sometimes because, um, and, and they, ha I mean, for the, for the vast majority, we have managed to somehow cajole them back into their confidence. But sometimes people don't want that and you've just got to let them go. And I think that is probably the hardest thing is when you see somebody with massive potential, maybe incredibly skilled artists, maybe even some of the best art I've ever seen, and they don't grab it and they don't run with it. And there's nothing you can do because you can't make you can't create other people's success for them for them they've got to do it for themselves and i think that could, that's kind of quite frustrating mm -hmm. sure. you know the other thing i mean just running with this a little bit farther about the starving artist too is we've encountered people who love wearing the hat of starving artist they don't actually want the success so when we invite people to challenges and stuff we actually get a lot of pushback from the people who would who would rather walk around going nobody wants art nobody buys art woe is me rather than actually changing that narrative so there is that too where you get this whole idea that um i'm a true artist i've suffered from my art look at me i eat ramen and and wear second hand clothing and can you know live in my car um and that doesn't have to be the reality that's just playing it being an artist that's not actually being an artist as far as I'm concerned sure. because the end goal should be to get your art out into as many hands as possible to be viewed enjoyed and consumed by as many people as possible not to walk around you know tearing your shirt and beating your chest and going woe is me so uh, definitely we've encountered that too so between the lack of embracing their potential and the wearing of the persona those are the biggest challenges that we've had and certainly um, the most frustrating pushback 
you know, to, to have the artist sort of turn around and go, well, you know, you're ruining our, our, our drama. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of the times we'll hear artists say, well, no one's buying art. Absolutely. Not. You know, that is their narrative. That is their belief system. I'm thinking like, what world do you live in? You know, all you have to do is come and spend a little time in our world, observing what's going on in our world. And you'll see that there's a lot of, I mean, that's just us. Or you can go in many, many different online platforms. I mean, um, Instagram's awash with people making a lot of money selling their art, as is Facebook, as is YouTube, as is LinkedIn. Never mind people's own personal websites and, and, and what have you. you. know, Social media is a wonderful way in which to um, get your work out there. But for those artists who, as Paula said, they want to sit and stew in that, in that belief system of, Art doesn't sell, no one's buying art. Um, and also you're not an artist, you're not a proper artist if you're selling your work. You need to suffer, you need to struggle. You know, that whole narrative, you know, it comes from, I don't know, generations of absolute nonsense. You know, we're in the 21st century, for goodness sake. Uh, you know, the 21st century renaissance, I like to call it. Um, and I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is even during the first renaissance, a lot of those artists were making a lot of money. So let's get real here now. You know, not, not, not a lot of people know that the Renaissance artists, the ones who were, um, you know, big in their day, they were making a lot of money in doing what they were doing. So where this narrative comes from that artists should be starving, um, I don't know, we, 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 got, we kind of got an idea where it comes from, haven't we, Paula? <laughs> <laughs> we do um, indeed. <laughs> it is a very traditional view though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, as you said at the beginning, if your child comes back from school and says they want to be an artist, most parents would not recommend or encourage them to follow through, go and be a doctor, go and be a vet, go and do something proper as it might be. So my question is, my next question is around how important is your mindset, do you believe, to being successful as an artist? We've talked about confidence, we've talked about self-belief. Do you think it is the tipping point between an artist being successful or not, regardless of the just saying their, their work is to a great standard or a good standard? Do you think Absolutely. it's a tipping point between Absolutely. success and... Yeah, it's, it's all won and lost in the mind, just like any great um, war. All sports games, wars, anything on, you know, in, in the... Uh, in, in the, the boardroom, within corporate. If your mind is not in the game, you've already lost the battle. And even more so with artists because they wear their hearts on their sleeve. I mean, you're creating something from your heart. You're pouring your heart out onto a canvas or into clay or music or writing or whatever. It's a very, very personal thing. And if your mind isn't strong, you are gonna find it incredibly difficult, if not impossible. I mean, we go so far as to say, that a strong mind is the most important paintbrush in your art kit. That's a little coin, you know, a little phrase that we've coined. I mean, without, without, and all of our students, I mean, that's what we start off all of our programs, you know, whether it's, you know, whether even on the five day free challenges, we start off with mindset, you know, going right into our massive big um, three month program, well, 12 week programs, the, the Selma Art Mastery program that we spend two weeks on mindset, really getting people geared up, understanding, um, you know, just how, how worthy they are, number one, how fantastic they are as artists, that their work matters, that, you know, that their particular art really matters. And for them to truly understand that they have an audience out there who actually wants what they have got. And I think that is what a lot of artists don't realize. They almost want to take this wide net 
throw it out there and hopefully catch a few fish. You know, we show them how to really niche down and really create their own tribe of raving fans. And you just need a hundred raving fans and you're made, you know, it's not a lot. Yeah, it's not. I think yeah. we, we touched on a lot of like important um, kind of ideas here. Would you be able to like boil that down to like three kind of pieces of advice that you could give to like an aspiring artist or maybe even like more generically like an aspiring entrepreneur who wants to kind of run their own business? Like three pieces of advice that you think would be beneficial for them when they're kind of up and coming? Do you Is this each of them or jointly? <laughs> do you want to do that, Paula? Uh, number one, advice. understand your value right? So no matter what you're doing, whether you're creating art um, and, and you're thinking, well, maybe it's frivolous, understand the value of art. If you're writing, understand the value of communication, things like that. So really understand your value. That's core. Because if you don't know who you are and what you're offering and why it matters, then everything else fails. Number two, get out there, show it, share it, um, network, really, really show up. You can't just post one thing and go, well, nobody bought it. So I guess my business is over. Get out there, get out there. It's the, it's the relentless showing up that makes all the difference because uh, we're in a fast paced world. People are going to forget you instantly. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast today, much less what I saw on social media, no idea. So getting out there and being relentless is really important. Number three, stay curious learn more, be prepared to adapt. Because, you know, Facebook has gone through dramatic changes in the past 10 years, and especially in the past year. Um, social media, what's acceptable, what's not, has changed a lot. Be prepared to adapt. If you're using social media marketing, learn it. Learn it well, and then think, okay, well, they're going to change it. It's not my under my control. I've just had to be prepared to adapt. Less complaining, more learning. So endless curiosity. So mindset, relentlessness, and curiosity three most important things you need uh, i would probably suggest you might want to add to that taking action and doing the art well oh, that's yeah. true yeah that yeah. was a given <laughs> well, that's a yeah yeah if you're not making art you don't have a business if you're not selling art you just have an expensive hobby yeah. well we're, okay. we're, i mean the, the the sort of three things that we teach our students number one mental and mm -hmm. physical well-being is key you've got to take mm -hmm. care of your mind and your body and make sure that you you know you you're in a good, healthy place. Create your art. Mm -hmm. And number three is learn how to market the hell out of it. Fall in love with marketing yourself and your creations or your products or your services or whatever it is that you love. If you love doing what you love doing, fall in love with marketing it because that is where the game changer is. There is nobody better than you as the creator or the inventor or the maker or whatever it is that you're doing that you are the best person to market yourself. You can go to the best PR agencies. They're still going to come and ask you a whole bunch of questions. They're still going to want to dig through your personality and understand everything about you before they go out there and hopefully have some kind of great marketing campaign to get you seen and heard. But you're the best person, particularly as an artist or as a writer, because your audience wants to hear about you. They want to feel like they got a little piece of you. I mean, we, we, we've shown our work in, in, you know, in galleries and shows and stuff like that. And people love coming and talking to the artist, even like when you've, you've spoken sort of for three days nonstop and you, but you just, it's, it's unrelenting because the, your audience wants to have that little piece of you as the artist, as the creator, especially when you're doing something so unique and different. And so, you know, for all artists out there, if anybody, you know, artists, musicians, writers, um, any creative sort of endeavor, if you can truly let go of the notion that you can't market yourself and you can actually embrace that idea 
that's that that's the magic sauce i think in that and i think we can see lots of um correlations between what you've say, been saying about marketing yourself it's the same in corporates where individuals are encouraged to create their own brand and oh, yeah. uh, so you know it's it's something it's a common theme whether you're in a creative um, state or whether you're in a more of a corporate state or you've got more of a traditional style of business so thank you for sharing your insights being fascinating to hear what you've got to say and very powerful very strong indeed as we come to a close is there anything that you would like to share about something that's happening in your world that you think our listeners might like to hear about oh we've got a couple of things in the pipeline at the moment haven't we paula mm -hmm. we we've we're coming to the end of um, our Sell More Art, well, not the end, we're in week nine. So we've got three more weeks left of the Sell More Art Mastery, which is our big flagship. That is our baby. You know, that's the one where anything that you ever need to know about, you know, creating, upscaling and running a, a wildly successful art business, we teach the whole enchilada in there from mindset right through to making lots of money and everything else you know, in between. When, are the, when is the next time we're running that, Paula? That starts uh, September 6, 2021. So that is, um, I believe that's a Monday, might be Tuesday. I know Labor Day is <laughs> in there for North America. But yeah, that starts and runs for 12 weeks. So it takes you right through into uh, November. Um, and it is everything we know, everything we know. We do give breaks in the middle of it, a couple of days here, a couple of days there to let the knowledge sort of take hold. But it is, um, yeah. That's, that's an important one to pay attention to. And we'll be running some challenges and, and uh, webinars and stuff to promote that over the summer. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun and profitable. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we, we have got something else that we've kind of been um, doing. This is the second time we're going to be running the Mindset Miracles, um, which starts that starts on the 19th of July. And that is just all mindset stuff. There's no business related things in Mindset Miracles at all. It's just about mindset. It's about getting, you know, in, it's about getting you into momentum. That is the whole idea behind the Mindset Miracles. Truly just getting you, you, you into momentum in terms of being happy, you know, doing the stuff that you really love doing, not feeling guilty about doing the things that you really love doing. Um, and so, yeah, we, we've run that once before. It was wildly successful. Um, everybody who jumped on that, so, you know, their lives have just been absolutely 100% transformed. And we've even got some people who've done it once and they're coming back and they want to do it a second time. And I think that's really good stuff. You know, it's a, it's a great thumbs, thumbs up when people come and want to do the same program again. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good uh, verification of what you do. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you both on on the podcast, Leah and Paula. Thanks very much for, for joining. I think it's been a been a bit of a different um, discussion, largely focused around art. But I think, as Mum said, there's been a lot of uh, things that you can take there and kind of apply that into into different settings, whether it be entrepreneurship or business or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, it's been a real pleasure to have you both on, and um, yeah, I'm really thankful for your insights and um, the discussion today. Thank you. It's been Thank great. You. Thanks a lot. Mm. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted your leadership. And if any of these concepts resonate with you and you'd like to find out more about leadership and business growth, go to the RGM website, rjen.co.uk.